Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting gear, and we got a fun show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy Dinsmore, and welcome to episode 207. And on this week's episode, I was joined by Michigan native Wade Childs. Wade was on the podcast about a year ago and shared some fun hunting stories as well as his method to in-season scouting. Well, for this episode, we catch up on some current happenings for Wade in the Whitetail Woods. Wade shares a unique success story as well as some extremely close encounters that where I know someone listening has experienced a time or two. Hear from Wade how he travels to multiple states to have some crazy encounters and stories to go along with them. Tune in and enjoy this fun episode. Antler up. Again, everybody, just want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Happy New Year to you all. Crush them goals, whatever you got going on this year. And if you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Go leave that five-star review over on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you are listening. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstring strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Wade Childs. Wade, it's great to have you back on, dude. How you doing? Oh, good to be back. Good to be back. It's, uh, you know, season's winding down, and I actually slept in uh, this weekend, so I feel just different. Yeah, yeah. So so we're recording this right now. It's it's on the eve of uh, December 7th. How, how much time is left for, for you for this hunting season? Um. So I have two Michigan buck tags still. I don't know if i'll get back in a tree in michigan possibly one time uh, i've got a good buddy mike that likes uh to take me up to his uh, beautiful piece of property up in uh heart area like northwest okay. kind of michigan area um <clears throat> so i might go up there with him once beyond that i've got uh some work trips coming up here the next two weeks i'll be in mexico for nine days for one of them and uh 
opposite side of the state for a week. And so getting back in the tree of Michigan is going to be tough. I do have something lined up to go to Northern Missouri here right around the new year's. So I should still, you know, be amongst them, but Yeah, we'll that's, see. We'll see. that's exciting. Well, dude, I, when you think about all the, the craziness that we do as far as getting ready for the rut, like early season, we're doing these early season tactics, being close to betting, where's food at? And then the rut hits and then it's like frigging chaos and just bananas, like batshit crazy. Everything's going around. And then, you know, like you said, you start getting tired, you start working a little bit more, you got trips, you got doing this and then the late season rolls around and then it's like, where's the food? So what buck yep. is survived? Mm-hmm. What buck still has somewhat a majority of his headgear left? And, or at that point, like it, it might be doe patrol. Like let's get some more, more meat down and just have some fun, just whacking and stacking and doing all that type of stuff. So yeah, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, what still is, is ahead. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm excited to get out to Missouri. It's been two years, I think since I found it out there and I got a, a couple of good buddies that like to come up here and Turkey hunt. Yep. And they've been begging me to come out and uh, hunt deer with them for the last couple of years. And I think I'm finally going to take them up on it this year. Yeah. I was going to go in September, ended up working all of September in Mexico again. So we pushed them back to the new year, assuming they had bucks left over. They've got bucks left over. They have an incredible amount of deer, an incredible amount of ground that they get they get access to. So. I think it's going to be a go. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Well, before we dive deep into having a uh, hunting conversation and whatever else kind of gets brought up, dude, I I have to know. I know you're a Lions fan. How fired up are you right now about their season at the time of of this recording? Um, It's been rough the last two weeks. You know, we dropped that Thanksgiving game to the Packers. And then uh, we snuck by the Saints uh, this last week. I did start the season in Kansas City at Arrowhead, had one of the most amazing times just, you know, being out there with the fans, looking like an idiot wearing a Barry Sanders bro tank. They all, like, invited us into their their uh, uh, tailgates, gave us free beers, burgers, hot dogs. It was just a great time, great atmosphere. Recommend Arrowhead to anybody. But it's weird to be not only excited about the Lions this late in the year and confident in the Lions this late in the year, but somehow, some way, they are my only sports hope for all of my Detroit teams, my Michigan State teams. They all suck, but we got the Lions. Yeah, I was going to say because you're Michigan State, so I mean, you know, the that other team up up there, they're you know, they're just kind of yeah. Ugh. Ugh, I hate that team. Yeah, yep. Yep. <laughs> that's so, funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, I'm going to be a big Alabama fan here coming up soon. I so, know, I know. Sorry, sorry friends. Yeah. <laughs> well. So the th- I'll tell you what, man. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as Goff doesn't turn the ball over, I mean, you got a stout defense. You got it. You got some playmakers on offense, and uh, it's you guys are you guys are built. And I feel like your schedule plays into your favor a little bit. I mean, obviously, I'm I like seeing like a team like the Lions, and you know, I like hell even like the Dolphins playing well, just because yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're they're storied franchises, and it's been a while for yep. the Dolphins, and obviously you're probably like, man, it's been forever for the Lions. And, you know, they've won they've won one playoff game my entire life, and I was three years old, 1991. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, to have, you know, to have this squad and, and golf playing like he's been playing, St. Brown is a dog, Sam Laporta, like, come yeah. on. Yeah. It's, it's, a fun, it's a fun team to watch for sure. We just, hopefully our defense steps up, you know, and just the offense keeps rolling like they've been rolling. It's yeah. fun. It's it's a new territory for a lot of us up here. So. <laughs> oh man, well, we'll I'll be I'll be rooting until we, we they play the Eagles maybe this year. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hope that you guys get to experience a little bit of Lions disappointment. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, so obviously, as you can tell, everybody listening, obviously, Wade's from Michigan. He's been on the podcast before, and good mutual friend of ours together is Andrew Blair, and he works for Tethered and everything like that along those lines. And uh, last time he was on the podcast, man, Wade, you and I got along extremely well. I couldn't wait to to see what the season kind of was going to tell for you and what you're going to get into. And I couldn't wait to catch up because, you know, obviously these podcasts sometimes are the one times where, you know, we might keep in touch through social media and, and through a message here and there over the summer and early fall and whatnot. But then like when we have this hour, hour, 20 minutes to sit down and catch up, man, I, I look forward to these times and uh, this is why I enjoy doing this. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm pumped to get into this one with you, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. I've been looking forward to a, uh a little recap and, and, you know, getting back into the, the meat and potatoes of everything for sure. Yeah. So what did, um, you know, what, uh, what kind of hunting stuff did you get into this past season as far as traveling? Cause I know like, you know, when we talked last time, you know, you do go, you do uh, a good bit of traveling as far as hunting goes. And it, that even dates back going into some spring Turkey hunts and all that type of stuff. So what did, what did you get uh, into, man? Um, yeah, so this year, this year was pretty crazy as far as like a personal level and, and a hunting hunting level. Um, actually, kind of a lot of changes in my life. I moved, uh, moved out, bought a house, closed on it October seventh, I believe. I spent, like I said, almost all of September in Mexico for work. Um, the preseason, the you know, the summer shooting, the scout, like all that, just is non-existent for me. Out this the door, year. yeah. Yeah, I, I was able to make it to Illinois, I think, one time on the way home from Missouri from, like, a golf tournament. I stopped in, and I refreshed cameras, and, like, that was my summer scouting. I literally spent one day in Illinois. And uh, beyond that, <clears throat> I think I shot my bow from July to deer season maybe four times. Yeah. And that's, like, that's disgusting for me to even think about. And it, it cost me deer this year. I mean, it cost me a deer opening morning in Michigan, a, a great, great buck. Um, I had, you know, one of the worst shooting performances of my career <laughs> this year. It was rough. Um, I did, uh, I did get some redemption. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, I did hunt Illinois. Um, I, I started in, in Kentucky, uh, with my best friend, Ryan, he was chasing a really, really special deer. Uh, you know a little yep. bit about that. I think you might uh, have some more information yep. on a kind of upcoming podcast with that. Um, just a just uh, you guys need to listen to the story. Um, it's it's worth it. I don't want to spoil it here. <laughs> um, I spent a couple of days opening opening weekend down there in Kentucky with him, getting full of chiggers and ticks, and uh, it was it was a good time. Um, left there, went to Mexico, came back, hunted Michigan, um, went to Illinois for a week or four or five days came back hunting Michigan again. And then right about the time I was able to get possession of this house that I'm in, um, I moved all my stuff here. And then right after that, it was like two and a half weeks of, you know, balls to the wall, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Tennessee, just grinding, um, you know, having to be, having to be some places doing some work with, uh, some, with some work with tethered. Um, and then, you know, hunting my own stuff, uh, doing, doing the tethered thing. And yeah, it, it, it wore me out and I was really close to throwing in the towel on the last, the second to last day of this trip. But, uh, 
you know, thank God I didn't. I'm sure we'll get to that part. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. I mean, take the, the shooting aspect out and like how, you know, how you said that cost you, because that will kind of be like a part two to this one. You know, I, 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 man, I, I can't recall. I'm having a brain fart from our last, our last con- like podcast that we did. We did, we talked about like what kind of postseason quote unquote, and I, you don't, you don't do too much, right? No, I've never, I've never really done a whole lot of, you know, preseason scouting. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, maps and, and some e-scouting and stuff, but as far as boots on the ground, it's never really been my thing solely because the availability of time. I mean, yeah. with my career, I'm a weekend warrior, unfortunately. Um, I work a lot and I travel a lot. So, you know, you travel, you know, I think, I think I looked at my, my hotel rewards today. Cause I just booked two trips. I think I have 65 days in a hotel this year. Yeah. Um, so just doing that, just, just IHG hotels even. So it's not even like some of the Vegas trips I had to do for work. So anyway, um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in a hotel room. So to, you know, be home and still be present and still get the, the things I need to get done around home. Um, it's tough to get that summer scouting in elsewhere, you know, where I actually want to be outside of, you know, the state of Michigan. Right. So yeah, my, my summer, summer prep is, is traditionally shooting my bow. That's, that's what it is. I get the saddle gear ready and then I get, you know, my mind right. I get the bow ready and that's, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll even kind of jump in and, and talk about this just because I don't, I know it might sound like contradicting to like what I did this past year. Like I did do a little bit more scouting, but I did more scouting in the spring, um, like turkey hunting and, and a couple of days after work here and there. But in all reality, a lot of it was, you know, I was doing things like for, for tethered and creating content and doing those things. And so it like forced me to get out in the woods a little bit more than what I was in the past. But I also had the time because I wasn't coaching where I, this was, this past spring was that first time not doing that. But man, even right now, like this postseason of right of Pennsylvania, quote unquote, postseason, because I filled a buck tag early October I, you know, I, I like you, man. I, I had some other things going on. I got some personal things happening in my life. I got baby number two coming. That was uh, uh, a blessing, as my wife and I like to call it, instead of of a whoopsie. But you know, long story short, to go back, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself. But what I want people to know is, if you are busy, if you don't do uh, scouting, it's okay because Wade is one of those individuals where you know you, you don't have a social media uh presence where you're on youtube you're making money you're, you're doing all this other type of stuff but dude you kill friggin great deer it seems like year after year or at least you have opportunities to and that could that's and i want people to know that it doesn't matter right as long as you learn from your experiences in the past of maybe mistakes or successes you know, apply that to the next following year and get better and, and digest some things and talking to people and doing all that because man, you could have success even if you are, you're like putting forth that effort by just shooting your bow, right. And getting out there and telling you what the world tells you. Like, I think that's really important for people to know. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You know, you know, a a lot of people that I, I work with, I'm around every day, you know, they're busy too. They've got families, they've got they got work obligations and yeah, they just don't, they, they want to do it. They don't have the time. And, and especially guys here, you know, the guys that do know that travel, it's hard to get away. It's hard to go spend multiple weekends out of state, you know, you know, chasing deer. Obviously we, we both know some guys that do that, but to, to do it in an off season and invest that, 
you know, the mileage, the gas money, the time, just the time away when you, when you should be home working on your house or mowing your lawn or, you know, spending that family time, whatever it may be for you. It's not that easy to do. So if, if you can spend, you know, wake up in the morning, spend 30 minutes in your backyard shooting your bow, that's going to hone a skill for you come fall that, uh, it's, it's irreplaceable for sure. Yeah. So then how did that kind of bite you in the ass a little bit this year? <laughs> well, anybody, anybody that knows me knows I've always, you know, suffered from a little bit of target panic. That's something I've never really been able to break. I, I, I'm kind of a, kind of a nutcase when it comes to that. And, and the only way I've really been able to get through it is just is repetitive shooting like a lot. Like I'll shoot, you know, five, six days a week, every week from, may till deer season and then i thought i during the week especially when i'm not like on an out-of-state trip i'll come home that that twilight at least try to rip two four six you know some uh, some small amount of arrows before it gets dark out um and so this year it started out like even just you know having the muscle strength in your shoulders and your back that i just didn't maintain this year just because of traveling and you know living in grand rapids with one of my best friends like you can't shoot a bow in grand rapids michigan like just having all that going on um it just made things it made things different and october 1st i was in a tree in southern michigan a doe came in i was like i'm gonna get the bow and get the bow rolling i'm gonna shoot this doe it's gonna be easy it's gonna be awesome i drew back on her she was 20 yards one step away from getting shot, she turned and wheeled out, ran through the hedgerow as I swung my bow. I mean, peripherals, one of those like, oh, holy shit, swing back to the same shooting hole, and there's a 150-inch deer standing there. Whoa. And I didn't know he was there. I didn't know he was even a deer that existed. Like, he was just a hammer of a whitetail. <clears throat> and he stood there and stood there and stood there, and he was on my boot tracks and, you know, doing the old, nose up look up you know staring at the doe trying to put all the puzzle pieces together you could see the wheels churning in his head and uh you know he gave me one quick shot opportunity and i shot and i shot right underneath him i mean 20 yards at a 200 and whatever pound whitetail just that's disgusting and i mean it was kind of one of those things where I, i literally got home from mexico and like two days later I was in a tree. So like I had zero prep time. So it was just kind of like, it's deer season. I'm going hunting. Let's just go be in, let's go be in the woods. So I kind of, it was an easy one to shake off, like whatever it sucks, but like how fortunate was I to pick a, pick a spot and just knowing some history of the land and kind of knowing what they would do. I put some puzzle pieces together as I walked in, in the dark that, Hey, there's a little pocket of green beans right here. These these oak trees look like they're actively dropping acorns, coupled with these green beans on the north side of this hedgerow. Wind, blah blah blah. I picked a tree out, climbed up it, and had an opportunity. You know, so just being like still in the mental game in, in that aspect was something good I could take away from it. The shooting aspect, the muscle memory, that was an easy pill to swallow. So I, I had justification for missing that deer. It, obviously, you don't ever want to do that, but yeah. you know, it was it was an easier one to swallow. So I did. Um, fast forwarded a few weeks, went to Illinois, struggled early season, really, really bad. Uh, it was just a slow, hot, kind of like we had, we had picked up a new lease down there. It was kind of like the, you know, let's go for the weekend, check the new lease out. We hadn't even put boots on the ground on it yet. Never, never saw it from the road, nothing. So that was kind of the reasoning for going down there at the time. Um, came back to Michigan, had a 
really, really good day of hunting deer and seeing deer out at this uh, northern Michigan property with my buddy. And uh, I slid into the timber on what I assumed was probably the best bedding on the, the farm. You know, didn't really know. Um, hadn't ever really been in this section of it before. Kind of could tell from Onyx and reading maps, there was some good transition lines with timber edges and the way the terrain laid out. And I snuck in there, found some hot sign. 140-inch deer comes walking at me through the timber before I even got up in a tree. Um, ended up, long story short, I was on my knees stripping stripping my backpack off, stripping you know my quiver off my bow, trying to get an arrow knocked. Leaned into this tree I was hiding behind, knocked like a 12-foot-tall branch out of this tree. I caught it just as it hit the ground, but it was like so long, I wasn't strong enough to hold it. Deer locks up, and I just like, only thing I think of to do was he was looking back to see what that was. And I just went, Bleh, you know, yeah. and he, he, he turns, turns and faces at me and just Bleh, comes right back over top of me. And I was like, Holy shit. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he, you know, he marches right at me 40 yards, stands there broadside. I had the perfect shooting window and I was uphill to him. Everything was just money, you know, on my knees, everything was comfortable. <clears throat> I knew the shot was coming. I didn't have to rush it. And just another situation, I shot him square in the shoulder. So oh. the whole the whole shooting aspect of Michigan was rough, and it got it even got worse from there. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, it it was the worst. It was the worst performance of my of my life for sure this year in the White Woods. So, but you did like, but you like you said though, man, you did redeem yourself. So yep. how how you know just because, man, dude, I've been there. And, and, yep. and, and, you know, you're not the only one. I know I'm not the only one there. There are lots of people out there that have, have those, have those opportunities. Right. And where it's just like, okay, it goes wrong. It goes wrong. And you know, you've been doing this for, for a long time. And like I said earlier, you know, you've been successful too, for a very long time. You know, you, you get over it. It's like a weird thing. You, because there's, I'm still haunted, right? There's still times where I think, close my eyes, I think of that one specific hunt, that one specific buck, and I could see mm -hmm. the mishap, right? And it just, it eats at you. But, uh, I mean, crap it. But in order to get over it, you just got to get back out there, right? You just got to trust in yourself and your ability, and it gets better. And for you, where did that redemption happen? And like, <laughs> and like, where did, like, how did you, how did you get over that? Like, how did you get over that hump? So... <clears throat> From that point, um, fast forward, I think five, six days after that Michigan hunt, um, and my, whatever this rutcation, whatever, you know, stupid term you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I left work like two hours early. Cause I was like, I'm not being successful here. I am just going to leave and just get to Illinois. So I jumped in my truck and I headed, it's like about a six hour drive, five and a half, six hour drive from where I was working. Um, I got about halfway across Illinois, south of Chicago somewhere. It's like, I got to pull up my phone, check out the weather. I wasn't going to hunt, hunt that evening because it was supposed to be warm out and there was some rain coming in. I checked the weather and like, man, in the last like 90 minutes of daylight, it was like a 15 degree temperature swing. And like the rain was just clear. And I was like, that changed from, you know, the night before when I looked at it. Yeah. So I kind of hit the little pedal on the right a little bit harder than I should have. And I'm, you know, flying across Illinois to get there. I, I literally just drove out to the middle of the field and I'm stripping off my work clothes and put camel on <clears throat> ran out to a tree across this giant pick cornfield. It, it had been picked um, in between the two trips I made 
and we had a picture of a pretty good deer um, the night before in daylight in this this one cove of this field. And so I elected, obviously, to sit that. It was similar conditions. The wind made sense to where, you know, anything that was mature in this bottom would come up out of it. And I was sitting the opposite side of the cove to where I had still the wind advantage. The, I was sitting there watching, you know, a nice three- or four-year-old 10-point. Wasn't really sure what he was. The oldest deer on the farm that we know about or knew about um, comes walking right up out of that bottom, like I said walks right up, you know, into the pit cornfield. He's got his face smashed into an ear of corn. Um, it's everything you could want. This is October 27th. I mean, the deer is fully, you know, as big as a whitetail. Yeah, he's not, yeah. he's not rutted out. He's just, I mean, just a horse. And <clears throat> he gives me a 35 yard shot after, you know, drawing back on him a couple of times. He never turned, he, you know, he finally gave me this opportunity I slid the bow back, didn't have to grunt stop him. You know, just, he was just, here's your shot to you know, just take it. And I shot and I hit him high in the shoulder and I still thought I was going to kill him. He, he, you know, nose down that bulldozer type of run, hit the timber, turned straight downhill and disappeared. <clears throat> so my, my two good buddies, uh, Ryan and Tyler, they were coming into town that evening and I was just ahead of them a few hours so I went down to the local bar, I had dinner, I had a couple of bush lights to calm the nerves. <laughs> um, and we walk, I, I walk out just about the time they're getting back into town and it's just ripping rain. Like I didn't know it was coming, whatever. I'm like, if he's dead, he's dead. If he's not, he's not, you know, what situation we looked, you know, pretty much all the next day, obviously never found him. Um, so now I'm over three and here we are, it's still October, you know, less than a month. I'm over three on like 140 and bigger deer. And this deer was kind of that like, you know, 150 inch type of typical 10 point with no trash, but just a, just a awesome, Beautiful. awesome yeah. whitetail. Yeah. So I told Tyler, he, he's, uh, you know, he's a little younger in his hunting career and he's just, you know, trying to better himself every time he goes. This was his first like real time you know, being in a camp with me and Ryan. Um, and so he was really excited and I was like excited for him. I'm like, dude, I just want to go sit with you and have some fun. Like this, this is sucks. I just need to change something. Yeah. And so he had saw a pretty good deer that morning. Him and I made a move on that deer and what we thought. And I had, you know, it's this, neither of us had been in this timber to this, this part of it. Um, we slid up in there, picked a tree out, and it wasn't 30 minutes later, he slipped an arrow right through the center of that deer. And it was, it was like one of the highlights of the season for sure to watch, you know, watch Tyler shoot his biggest buck. And, you know, it kind of, I got some wind back in the sails. Like, yeah. okay, this is, this is doable. So I took, we took the next day off getting Tyler's deer out, cutting him up, caping him out, you know, getting him ready to transport out of the state. Um, he had to work. I think he shot up on a Saturday. We did all that work on a Sunday. He had to actually be at work on Monday. So he left camp. Ryan and I went back out the next morning. I think it would have been November 1st. And I saw a giant that morning. I was like, okay, it's time again. You know, we got yeah. another one to chase. And him and I made a move on him that evening. Ryan had him at full draw, one step away, wins world situation, the classic, right? Deer, deer kind of gets out of there, doesn't like bust, 
moved again on him in the morning. Um, I had him at 40 the next morning, never got a shot off. He was in some brush. Then he worked away from me, jumped the fence, worked away from me. Uh, once he got out to about a hundred, I rattled at him, turned him around. He was coming right back, right back into the bottom I was in. And just as he was like, it's like do or die as he makes that turn to make that last approach. Some does spilled over the ridge and he did the classic, you know, deer growl takes off up the hill after him. And that, that it's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at this point. And it's late. So like, I know once he leaves these does, I watched him like bump the does, scent check them, knew they weren't ready, left up the ridge by himself. So now with what the wind was doing, dumping over the top of that ridge, the way that that, that, ridge like made this horseshoe at the top of it everything made sense to me like that deer is going up to the top of that it's 11 o'clock he's gonna lay down the wind was supposed to turn 90 degrees that evening i'm like there is nothing about this deer that's not gonna walk back down this ridge tonight so i slid back into that spot that evening i made an adjustment about 75 yards and sure enough you know 3 30 early sun sunshine beaming on him the first thing I see is that uh, left side, I can see his 12-inch G2 and a 6-inch drop time coming down the hill. And I'm just like, oh, God. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the, like you said, it's one of those things, like, you remember forever. And yeah. just watching, watching the sunshine beat off that deer's antler was just like, I mean, it was incredible, right? So he comes down the hill, gives me, gives me a shot, his <clears throat> a little over 40, closer to 50. I had drained some holes. I had him at like, I knew he wasn't 50, but I knew he was over 40. So I shot him for, shot him for that. He spun, you know, I had to hard stop him in the timber because it was the only shooting lane I had. And it was probably too far of a shot to take, but you know, how, how do you, you know, you're doing these yeah. six hour trips, you know, it gets the best of you. And um, I shot, he spun really, really hard on the shot because I had to hard stop him, you know, and, and I hit him low. I don't really know where I hit him. <laughs> and, um, it was, it all happened so fast. It was like, I was in a bunch of maples and the sun was shining. I was shooting a yellow arrow, the luminox or the nocturnal went off, but it was too bright out to matter. Yeah. And like, as that arrow flashes through the, the, the sunshine in the shade, it just kind of in a flurry of the deer turning unfortunately I don't really know where I hit him and which is really uncommon for me because I try to really, really pay attention to that. But, um, we ended up tracking him the next morning, Ryan and I took him 1,650 yards before he laid down the first time. Wow. So he went almost three quarters of a mile without betting. Kind of at that point we knew like, okay, this deer's not, not going to die. He's just muscle hit and probably, probably low leg or, you know, something that he just, I don't know, you know, and it's, it's not like me to feel like I don't know what's going on in the timber. And this is like a new experience that I had to learn from and, and, and another pill to swallow. And yeah, I had to leave that day, you know, I'm, I'm calling Rob Mendoza with tethered, like, Hey man, I'm going to be late. Like I have to find this deer. And obviously Rob's being the awesome dude that he is, is like, yeah, you know, get your deer, you know, worry about being here later. So um, we pretty well exhausted all the efforts on him, um, left Illinois, you know, slightly before dark and drove to Tennessee. And so <clears throat> went and did the tether thing, you know, met some great people doing that, got 
the wind back in my sails actually um, was successful. So, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm out of state. I can't really say where we were at yet. Um, phone goes off, like right as I'm falling asleep, uh, text came notification. I open it up. There is the big, heavy 10 point that I hit October 27th, standing there just perfect as can be, right? He, wow. he looks completely healthy. And this is like November, November, ooh, I'd say like 7th, I think okay. is when it was. Cold, cold front was coming back into Illinois uh, the 8th or the 9th. I told the guys, I'm like, hey, I got to go. Like, I got to go try to get this deer killed because he's got a hole through him and I just have to, you know how it is. Yep. Everybody, you know, it was awesome. Wish me luck. And I got out of, got out of there and drove back to Illinois. Saw, I was hunting, hunting that deer, saw another one of our big deer, um, saw several bucks that first morning and then it kind of warmed up and got slow for a few days. Uh, another buddy showed up to town. Um, he ended up killing a four year old deer, four or five year old deer. It was a nice, like a really nice wide, heavy, um, heavy buck that we knew about. He was, you know, lucky enough to get an arrow through him and I'm sitting in my truck trying to game plan where I'm going to hunt that evening, right about the time he shot him. Um, I was, you know, this is, this is like the lowest of lows. I've messed up four opportunities. Um, I'm ready to go home, throw the towel in like, yeah, it's the last day is this. I have to work on Monday and this is Saturday afternoon. So Brandon texts me. He's like, I just shot, you know, I just shot that wide eight. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's awesome. This is going to be fun. Let's, let's have some fun in Illinois. Finally, you know, besides Tyler. And so I'm like, I'll obviously going to stay. I'm going to help him. Um, we go through all the rigmarole of what's going on with his deer. We determine, you know, best bet, best case scenario. Let's just leave him. We'll find him in the morning. Um, him and I go in in the morning, you know, found the arrow, found some good blood. Fortunately, kind of just walked right to the deer, um, about 150 yards, celebrating, standing over top of the deer, you know, high-fiving. We did all the pictures, and I hear a deer coming, and here he is. He's got his bow, you know, because we took his bow in uh, when he shot his buck. I hear this deer coming. I'm like, hey, toss me your bow. Just, you know, whatever reason happens. And I'm standing there with Brandon's bow, and it's the same bow I shoot. So, yeah. you know, everything's everything's familiar. Um little buck comes over the ridge and I'm like, Oh man, that would have been a big deer. That would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. So, so he literally, he gets on FaceTime. He's like, Hey, I have to call my wife. This is our tradition. I'm going to FaceTime my wife. He's on FaceTime with his wife. I'm sitting 15 feet up the hill. Look, just looking at the deer. We're just, you know, being, being in the timber with this old buck. So all of a sudden we kind of just look at each other and we hear a deer walking at the same time. And he, puts his finger to his mouth, tell his wife to be quiet. And she bless her heart. I've never even met her before, but she got the memo and she shut right up on the phone. And I just knocked an arrow on his bow, stood up, turned around and it wasn't 10 seconds. And here comes main beams over top of the hill. And he's like under 20 and he's just staring down at us. I drew his bow back and, and got the pin on this deer. And I was able to get an arrow in him, you know, killed him right there. And it was the buck I hit October 27th. And I I actually, actually shot him, you know, with Brandon's bow. And it was one of those situations. Like we have these two old deer, you know, 
under, you know, 20 yards apart. And it was just like the most surreal, amazing, awesome moment just to have such a crazy roller coaster of a season end like that. Like yeah. it was like, it should, like, that's not how it's supposed to go. No, no way. You know? No way. And, I mean, the, the hell they even use your buddy's bow. Like that's just crazy. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Uh, it's, it's just like, you know, you're not going to do that with somebody else's bow on, a, you know, anything other than a, a shot like that. Right. And and the, the fact that this deer was stomping at like 930 in the morning, and I think it was 15 days after I shot him, just walking, right? That dumb, rut crazy. Yep. And, and we have pictures of this deer from 2019. So killed him in 23. So at least four years of pictures of this deer. And in 2019, there's no way he was like younger than probably three, I would guess. So mm-hmm. he could have been, he could have been anywhere between, you know, seven, eight, nine. We, you don't know. Right. Uh, it, this deer has really taught me that like, man, unless you know, you don't know. Like, yeah. like obviously followed that deer in Kentucky with Ryan. we, had a pretty good idea what that deer was for a deer to show up and you think that you know how old he is and i'm i'm really becoming a, a non-believer in that like yeah. he's either mature or he's not and yeah. that's about the extent of the knowledge it was, it was wild man it was just a crazy experience and that one deer you know just taught me taught me a lot it, it really did and to have a perfect broadhead hole through both shoulder blades yeah. for 15 days and it was still acting like a buck it was it was impressive that that's crazy man I, here's I, i'll you i want to even go back to because there's there was a time where you said that when you drew back on that one buck when he gave you that opportunity like a couple times on him right on that yeah. and that, that was that deer right that was that same deer yeah, yeah. i yep. man dude i give you credit because you said you drew back a couple times before you let an arrow fly because there's times where people that really struggle, no matter what, they can't let down. Yeah. In those in those times. Um so like that in itself is to me, right? Because I, I, I've been there. I've been in those situations where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm drawn back on a deer, like, oh, I don't have that shot opportunity. And it's like, think <laughs> And it, there, yeah. there goes an arrow into like ricocheting off a tree. Like I'm talking a couple like yeah. years ago and stuff. And it's like, damn it, what'd you do? And you know, then you got to collect yourself all over again. And hopefully that deer comes in a little bit closer because it's like, what the hell just happened? Like, why is there, yep. why is there squirrels going nuts like jumping around <laughs> the trees and stuff? But um, so like one that, and then man, I I just give you a lot of credit because like you said, I know you've been you were down, and I know you're ready to throw in the towel. But I think that's also critical to show why it's important, like not necessarily to go hunt with other people, right? I'm not saying that it's like, Hey, like let's go hunt in the same tree. Like I'm not saying that, but like why it's really important to have that camaraderie 
like why it's important to have a close group of friends where you could bounce bounce your emotions and your feelings and your hunting, you know, struggle off of each other and pick, get picked back up. And I love the fact that like how you said you got more win in your sales when your friends killed. Right. And that's that, that I, I love to hear that because that is, that is so important. And, um, I, I it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like such a strange dichotomy with deer hunting. It's like everybody, you know, everywhere is like, it's like a really, really selfish sport, you know, and, yeah. and people, people are afraid to talk about it with other people and share like the, share the, just like you said, the camaraderie and the times and camp. And I, that's just not me. I, I'm yeah. doing it because it's supposed to be fun. You know, and you do, there are times where you sit around, like, like when I was in my truck to contemplating driving back to Michigan, like, why are we doing this? This isn't fun. But I, I don't think I have it in me that if, if I didn't do this with other people, you know, this group of friends that I have, you know, across Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, um, if I didn't do it with these guys, like, I don't see the joy of, of hunting. And yeah. I think that's lost a lot of times in social media, whatever parts play, play roles into this. You know, it's why aren't we out there having fun, guys? Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, I agree. Have being able to share success with other people, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and, and so. your your early season Michigan situation where where you shot and 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 had that opportunity early, like like you said, like that opening day, that reminded yeah. me a lot. Where like you bet you beat yourself up for a little bit, but then you got over it, right? Like you were like, Hey, that's a yep. win. Like I, I've, I put two and two together with the beans and the, and, and the, the acorns dropping and the fresh oaks and like all that type of stuff. And Hey, you got in the kitchen that early on to see that caliber of deer. That is yep. really a big win, right? Like, so if, if you're able to, to dissect that and come away with that, man, there's nothing better. And, and it really reminded me of my situation this past year with my Maryland hunt, because that was, that was to the T, man. I've never been to this area. I went with a friend and we we hunted two days. Travel up more north and we went to a whole different spot. And I saw the way the map laid out. I want to go here. This reminds me of home. And if it looks like home, I'll find something. And I started going down this little trail and he, I saw him going on the, uh, it was like a, almost like a horse trail. I see him stop. And the next thing you know what I hear, poof, poof, going down the ridges and I go what was it he goes I couldn't tell I get up back up on that horse trail actually with him instead of just making more ruckus I just wanted to peek over the ridge and just see what it looked like and again at that point in time it's September something it's greener than shit <laughs> you know yeah. you're like okay it's oh, just yeah. it just looks like green briar and and just real nasty thick stuff so he's walking on it and he goes I'm gonna get over on this field cut across and kind of take a shortcut he goes I there's still lots of time left if I if anything sees me hopefully I could cut to this one edge. So he had a game plan. He goes, I don't want to mess up where you want to go. So wait, I start walking maybe 75 more yards on this trail. And all of a sudden, like I'm looking left and right to my left, maybe going up, I don't know, 45, 50 yards, just like on a slow incline. And then it flattens out to the field. And there's nothing in this field. It's just a cut hay field basically, or whatever. Okay. Yep. And, and then, so that's to my left and to my right, it's maybe a strip of like a 25, 30 yard bench that drops down before it drops down. And it's when I say it drops down into thick, nasty stuff, there's no way you could shoot or even like climbing, climb in it. So okay. I'm walking on this little trail and I look, I'm like, holy mother, that is a fresh scrape. And I'm talking car hood size mm -hmm. scrape. And I'm looking around. I see this little thicket 
and I see the trail that's coming out of it. And I'm looking how the wind was going and where I came from. It's like, man, if that deer would come and circle around and get on that trail, I'm looking at the trees. My first initial thought was maybe get on the tr- like opposite side of the trail. And then I'm looking like, man, there's not a really good amount of trees. And if I get too high, I'm going to be skylighted. So there was a tree there that I saw that was net. Well, it was almost like split tree. I was like, that's the tree because I'll, if it's to my strong side, I'll be behind it with the trail to my back. That scrapes a little to, I would say it was to about my in between three and four o'clock. And I was like, if that deer's coming in front of me, I'll have perfect wind. It's going to try to go to that scrape. Maybe I'll kill him before he gets there. Just yep. hammer him. So it starts thunder and lightning again, a little bit of thunder stops raining. I'm like, okay, just be like, now I'm like hands already on the bow. Like I'm like just scanning just to see, cause you can't hear anything. You can't see anything. And all of a sudden I'm fixated in that thicket and just something told me to look right. And I look right. Here comes this big 10 point fingers and all just walking to my right. He's under foliage right three o'clock dude. So I grab, I put my hand on my bow, slowly moving, getting ready to pull myself up and turn to quick get a shot. And he's just head down walking. I just see what he was. And I was calm, cool, collected. I was just like, let's make this, let's do this quick movement and get this shot. And as soon as I, I'm like getting ready to do that movement, he just keeps walking. There was one tree left that would put him in an opening kind of. And as soon as he came out, Wade, he just went, bump, looked right up at me. And just bolted out of there. I was like, yep. you got to be kidding me. And then this is day two of the season. Like, it's not like it's whatever. Yep. I was like, why are you coming from this right side? My wind is blowing right to you from the get-go. I, I mean, I'm guessing because the way the foliage was and just the way maybe thermals were going, he didn't get it till that spot. And he, honestly, he probably, I probably did walk where he was. That like yep. Now that you think about it a little bit. But again, I... I beat the crap out of myself. I remember texting Jared and he was hunting Maryland at, at that time too, or getting ready to, I was like, dude, I just had an encounter with a big 10. Oh man, I blew it. I was looking left when I should have been like scanning a little bit more, like just really hammering myself, texting my really good friends, Tim and Tom, Jim. And they were like, dude, you've never been there. You looked at a yep. spot, you found sign, you got set up, and you had an encounter with a great deer. My buddies calmed me down. They're like, dude, that's a win. Like That is a yep. straight-up win. I was like, okay. Yep. My, buddy had a, my buddy had a similar situation at, at the end of the hunt, and on a drive home, you know, we just kind of bullshitted about it. Like I, I got home at midnight, a little past midnight that night or whatever it was because we drove straight through. He had something going on. It just made it easy for us to do that. But again, we bullshitted about it the whole way home. I cheered up. I was like, okay. It gave me confidence to be like, I could go out of state and and maybe put myself in a better position than I ever have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, right there, your season almost started out with a bang because of what, four, four or five seconds. Yeah. You know, you put all that work and all that time and all that thought into it. And and to say it's unsuccessful because of the last three, four seconds, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you got to take. You got to take the wins. It's this, this bow hunting game is not easy, Yeah, you know, and, and to have that opportunity encounter, hell yeah. That's, it's funny listening to that story about, you know, walking between the features and, and, you know, picking a spot on the map that reminds you of home, how much that relates to, you know, a couple different pieces of a couple of different of, of the hunts that I described earlier, 
you know, you're finding a big scrape, trying to pick out the tree. That's exactly what I was doing when I hit the buck in the shoulder in Northern Michigan. I found a big scrape along this transition, thinking downwind side, yeah. you know, identical to a T. And then the rain stop and all that stuff, that's the Illinois hunt, you know, and you just had it all together. It's, it's, it's crazy how similar, you know, yep. these deer are and, and, even the two deer I'm describing there, you know, they're 400 miles apart and you're 800 miles to the east. You yeah. know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy how, how it's just, that's what they do yeah. stuff. But fun hunts. I want redemption in Ohio for sure next year and, and seeing how the property laid out. I never, not my bread and butter as far as style goes, like hunting a little bit more fields and little shades of timber. Like I got, yep. I got to learn a little bit more when it comes to that type of stuff. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, you know, that would be my bread and butter. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy that that's, you know, your, your PA stuff. I have another good buddy, Mike in, in central Pennsylvania, him and I talk about deer all the time and what he's got going on in Pennsylvania. And it's like, man, we're, we relate so close, but yet we're so different at the same time. It's, it's just wild. Yeah. Like hunter numbers, hunter pressure, you know, rifle seasons all align really, really similarly. And, but like he's, he's sending me maps. He's like, where would you sit? I'm like, I don't, I don't no really idea. know. <laughs> uh, maybe see this one in person, but yeah, it's, it's funny how, how just the different, the differences of deer around the country yeah. for sure. Yeah. It, what's funny too, about that Ohio trip. Like I, I went what I thought would be like just primo. You know what I mean? Like I was so dead red, like yep. I'm going to kill a smack dab giant. And I, like, I had all the confidence in the world, especially from the season that I had. And I was like, just continue to be positive. And I, like I said, I saw deer, like obviously that first one was, you know, not shooting lights, but still I saw him and I, it was, he, it was cool to see how close I got to him and all that stuff. Yep. And the next morning, but then after that, man, we didn't see like he, my buddy Albert, he did see a little bit more of chasing, but I, I didn't. Um, and, um, you know, it was kind of like, I wasn't disappointed by any means. I really wasn't, but I just remember texting my dad and being like, my gosh, I thought shit would just be flying, like just running yep. for their lives and just, and then, yep. and, uh, I, I didn't have that, which is okay. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going for redemption next year. That's for dang sure. But I, I did not see a bunch of a rut action whatsoever. So it was was, that was, yeah, it was surprising. It was pretty, it was similar. I would say in Illinois for the, you know, the times that I were there that, you know, that November first couple of days of November were good. And yeah. then it, we had, you know, that heat, heat come in and it got really warm. It shut things down pretty hard. And then that first day of that cold front again, that like whatever date that like eighth or seventh, that, that same day you're talking about probably, yeah. um, was when it was good. Yeah. It was when it was good again. And I saw like, I think I saw like eight bucks in one sit and it was, you know, one deer that was, you know, that five, five, six year old, like really, really nice, you yeah. know, a really heavy big time point. Um, and then it slowed down again until, you know, that faithful 30 seconds of, you know, redemption I had. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was a rough rut year and saw the same thing out of, you know, buddies in Kentucky and Missouri and a lot of guys that I know did kill, killed bucks early in Missouri and a couple guys did kill some rut bucks and some, some late November bucks, but they yeah, had that heart of that chase and stuff. I didn't think it was that great this year. Yeah. Well, did you try anything new this year as far as like any gear goes or, or even any, any, anything even style of, of what you did at all in the woods this year? Um, 
not a whole lot. I did, I did hunt some different country, um, a different whole new state for me this year. Um, it was a Southern, Southern ish state kind of, um, big timber hill country. Um, there's some water access involved with some of it. Um, I did have to kind of learn that as I, as I went, um, that was a good experience. Um, I did spend some time in like a lockdown saddle this year. Nice. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I like it. It's the, the pouches on it, the yoke system. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I find, I find my phantom. It's still probably my go-to mm-hmm. just cause I, I feel like I'm one with it. Um, I don't really have the junk in the trunk that I think makes the lockdown a little bit more comfortable. So the phantom suits me, which is great, you know, to have, you know, to have both. Um, um, but that's, you know, as far as new gear, I don't really, I kind of stuck with tried and true stuff. I did order a new bow last week. Nice. What'd (laughs) you go with? Uh, Hoyt RX eight. Nice. Um, you, you, you had, you had a Hoyt before too. Yeah, so I was I was I was shooting a Ventum um, the last couple of years. I think I killed like seven bucks with the Ventum, um, bunch of does, some hogs. It was it was a great bow. You yeah. know, I, I can't argue with it. But mentally, I just have to check out of it and and get something else just to be confident again. Yeah. I'm hoping I can get it here before um, before this Missouri trip coming up. Um, and it'd be really good to go out there with a new one and yeah. a new sense of new sense of confidence for sure. But yeah. hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how my I my elite era was this year for me, man. It was like total confidence. Uh, I I love love shooting that elite era as that's their carbon bow. Um, you know, it's just I don't know. It laid the wood for me. <laughs> that's all I could that's say. Good. As far as a hunting bow goes, yeah, that that era is going to be the one that I, that will be going into woods with me for for the, for the next time being for sure. Yep, yep. I've spent some time shooting the shooting both the Alpha X and the RX Eight, yeah. and they're, they both are, they both are great. You know, I'm excited to, uh, excited to get this both set up and see, see, hopefully Missouri plant pans out. I, I feel confident and I, that's like bread and butter stuff. I can survive the cold. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. Um, the way that the topography lays out out there, it's, it's kind of that, you know, it's that field stuff that you're talking about. Yeah you know, let's do that. Yeah. That's money. I like so, that. Well, especially too late season, man, if there's some food left over like that, that, that is, uh, that's going to be food's king. Yeah. I, I did talk to, uh, my buddies, uh, both named Tyler, uh, earlier this week. And they're like, yeah, dude, we got like 80 acres of standing corn on one farm, 40 acres on another. And I'm just like my head spinning, just thinking about these bucks. So yeah. I'm excited to get out there. I, I've never hunted, um, in that area of Missouri, so this will be a little bit different, um, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm, man, I'm just super excited. So let's let's do a hypothetical. You know, it's such a broad uh, question. So let's think of it has what you want. Let's just say that, right? Big yep. or small parcels. Like if it like if a small and a big parcel has like things that you want or that you're looking for, like when it comes to yep. things you like to hunt, which ones do you prefer? You know, that's, that's, that's funny that you mentioned that we had a conversation amongst my friend group the other day, one of our group chats about, would you have 1080s or 800, you know, and this, I regard this group as like a bunch of killers. Like they throw, they throw down every year and they did again this year. And we all kind of had the same consensus that, you know, 1080s for sure. 
Um, I would prefer to have, especially if you're going out of state, I would prefer to have a larger crop of deer to hunt than a singular large crop of deer, if that makes sense. You know, I would rather pick apart a couple spots instead of potentially messing up one. And then, you know, it's lights out after that. So I think small parcels that I can slide in and out of over a big one. That's, that would be my game for sure. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, man, my, my buddy, Tim Seesaw, he, he takes these enormous public land locations and he breaks them down into smaller little chunks, dude. And he just rakes. <laughs> I mean, yep. I mean, he is just like your number three, number four, five hitter in, in your lineup. And he just says, yep, I'm going to kill here. And he hones in on those spots over time. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, it's yep. not like a, a one year deal, but he'll, he'll pick that big spot and he'll break it into certain sections. Like you said, where it makes it smaller. Right. Yep. And, and he really, he'll know that, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 acre out of that thousands of thousands of, of acres pot spot. And it's just so cool. I mean, the year this year he killed a buck and he already killed a buck. And he's filming this other buck doing like the same exact thing. And he's like, yeah, this one was bigger, but, uh, I, I mean, yep. he, he still shot a beautiful, beautiful buck here in PA, but it's just so cool to see how he gets the job done year after year and, and his philosophy, how he breaks things down. Tim's a freaking killer, man. Yeah. And when you're dialed, man, it's, it's a good feeling that, you yeah. know, when going into the timber with that confidence, like that's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last question. What's your favorite venison recipe? Oof, venison recipe. Um, I think I've I've got this way that I've started cooking backstrap. Uh, real good friend, Buddy Shepherd. He he taught this to me um, when I used to live with him back nine ten years ago. Um, I'll take a backstrap that's like eight inches long, you know, cleaned up, ready to be ready to be made. Um, I'll season it. I typically garlic and creole super hot pan um flash all the sides and the ends of it in a pan and then pull a cookie sheet out of the oven that's already hot put the meat onto the cookie sheet 14 minutes in at a 400 degrees pull it out take it off the cookie sheet let it rest for five minutes and then slice it and it's it's money every single time like it's so hard to mess up it's so easy to do and while it's while it's doing it you know, you can, you can make all your sides and, and whatnot alongside of it. So it's just such an easy recipe and it's so good. And it comes with none of the extra, you know, bullshit of like yeah. having to, you know, put all these sauces and spice. You know, it's just, dude, it's just money every time. Oh, that sounds so, good. I like that. So kind of that take home message, believe in yourself persevere through those tough times and really have confidence in all your stuff. Like you said, I love, I love that you said that you, you tried the lockdown. You, you think it's a great saddle, but you love your phantom that what's works for you. It's what fits to you. It's not like the thing about this hunting ordeal. And this is why I like doing this. And once you are able to separate things that work for you and the things where you are confident in, it may be the total freaking opposite of what I say, what Wade says, you know, you, you do you and have fun doing it and experience it with friends, family, loved ones. And you, I promise you, you will have a time of your life doing, doing this. And, uh, Wade, man, I appreciate you catching up and coming on here. I love doing this with you. I love just 
catching up, man. I, I really, really do. And I'm excited to see this late season redemption. And man, I can't wait to see that text when, when you're like, dude, look what happened. And yeah. I did it. I did it with my RX eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope to God we have another podcast to, to talk about here in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I'm going to go out there and hunt with a couple of buddies and I just couldn't be more excited. Yeah. So, you know, get out in the woods with your friends, please. Let's have some fun deer hunting, deer hunting does not need to ruin lives. Let's, let's go have fun with it guys. Yeah, absolutely dude. And we're for, and if, for whatever reason, no good stories come out, we'll hear about them when uh, you smash some turkeys and we'll talk turkey hunting in the spring, man. That sounds all right with me. All right, everybody go check Wade out and I appreciate you for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week and antler up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.